before we get into our great interview with Taylor Mouser, as always, we are presented by BNC Fieldhouse. You know, if you're not spending your weekdays, weekends, weeknights, any any time that you're getting a drink or trying to get some great food on Welchav at AJ's, Mickey's, BNC Fieldhouse, then I don't know what you're doing because they have the best drink deals on Welch, best burgers, and Bachelor Mondays, um, unlike Mason, I don't watch The Bachelor, but I'm sure it's a great time um, if you want to watch The Bachelor there. And then you, of course, got Taco Tuesdays, and it's the perfect place to watch any Cyclone away game. If you're not at Hilton right now cheering your ass off, then you should be on Welch Avenue supporting our boy Ben and, um, you know, supporting the Cyclones as well. So let's get into our great interview with Taylor. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today we have a very special guest, our first coaching interview. He is a former graduate assistant for Iowa State and Toledo, former assistant director of scouting, former senior quality control of the offense, and your current Iowa State tight ends coach, Taylor Mouser. Thank you for joining us, man. Really excited to have you on. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I, I appreciate the tire pump on the intro. You took a lot of really not exciting titles and made them sound really exciting. So I appreciate that, man. Nobody's ever hyped those, uh, hyped those titles I've had before. So it's good to hear. You know, for Rory Walling, we also did, uh, I think special, special teams player of the year or something. You know, we gotta, we gotta hype people up where we can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Rory aren't that far off. So that's, that's good to hear. (laughs) You you guys are on the perfect field. It's it's right where we like to be. So it's perfect. Um, You guys are my kind of guy too. So it works. Good shit. Good shit. Um, so yeah, honestly, my first question, it's, it's another one to kind of butter you up for this interview. Okay. Um, Let's go. but you've racked up four really prolific offenses the past four years with Iowa state, just to mention a couple of the stats, you know, I think, yeah, school records and touchdowns in 2019 at 53 points in 2019 at 418 points yards per play 6.45 2019 2019 was a hell of a year apparently and then rushing touchdowns in 2020 for 31 so i don't know you know you did have a lot to do with that as the quality control uh senior for iowa state's offense what were some things that you kind of pinpointed in the offense that really kind of helped get things grooving yeah well at the time, my job was kind of to, to be ahead on the next team that we were going to play that 19 season. And every Sunday I'd present the staff with like a, a DNA of the defense that we were going to play. And, you know, just the the little things that they did and what to look for just to kind of get ahead on the scouting process and get with our offensive coordinator, Coach Manning, and do whatever I could do to make his life easier. And we all had little things that we were responsible for for the, for the game plan process. But if I could get ahead Sunday and we would all get together as an offense and I could tell everybody in the room uh, what to expect just to expedite that process because it is so long, the game plan, you watch so much. Sunday, Monday are probably two of the longest days just from a, a work standpoint in terms of like watching film and coming up with a game plan. But we, uh, Coach Manning, our offensive coordinator, is incredible. Like what he does and what he's able to take from the ideas everybody has and are the chemistry that we have as an offensive staff. We've all been together for a really long time, so – I think that allows us to really bring the best out of each other. And there's no egos in there. Everybody listens to what everybody has to say. And 
the creativity that Coach Manning has and Campbell has and our offensive coaches have with Myers, Shieldhouse, Joel Gordon. Like it's we have a lot of fun in there. But that 19 season was really me just trying to come up with with good ways to make everybody's life easier, really. That's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned that you did have a lot of senior leaders and I, I don't even know how, how many years Chase Allen was on that team, but 2022 yeah. is going to look a lot different. And mm -hmm. this, I was going to ask this question a lot later, but I'm just going to ask you right now, what can we expect of some of these newcomers like Deshaun Hanica, Easton Dean, and even outside the tight end room? Like what are things that maybe current Cyclone fans aren't expecting to see that, you know, you as a, you know, someone on the coaching staff is seeing every single day in, in practice. Yeah, I think uh, the thing that's been great for those guys is I've got to watch Charlie and Chase, and they're the most, like, detail-oriented, and they prepare harder than everybody else in the world. Like, they're just so dedicated and committed. And I don't know if those guys were like that early in their careers, but as we start meetings, and as we go on the field stuff, like, they're leading the right way. They're trying to lead the right way. They take great notes in the film room, and – those two kids and like the Jared Russes that we have and the Tyler Moores that we have in that room, like the standard hasn't been lowered. Like there's not an expectation from our room that like, it's going to be like a rebuild year or we're going to fill it out. Like there's hungry dudes in that room that have been waiting a long time for their turn and they could have, you know, transferred or hit the portal and done these other things. But like, they love Charlie and Chase as much as I did. And, in our room, like we have the, the, this model, like everybody rides, like we're all in it together. And if you're not celebrating someone else's touchdown or catch, then like you can't fit in here. Like we keep it loose. We have a good time, but we like prepare hard and we do it the right way. Like they ask a lot of that position. Like we have to do a lot in the run game in the past game. So if you're not on it, you can't, you can't play here. And to see those guys prepare and go out there and what they've done in winter workouts and what they've done in the weight room, uh, I'm really proud of them from that standpoint and the skills that they have from being able to run and catch and hit and strike and bend and block uh, their fresh legs out there for sure. But it'll be a, a really, really tough, gritty crew. That's not afraid to they'll add energy and toughness to our offense for sure. Love it. Um, yeah. How's the transition been from, I feel like you've had obviously a couple different roles over the year. How does it go from being, you know, a quality control um, to then directly focusing on one group like the tight ends? And, and how, yeah. how was that transition this last year for you? Um, it was it was great. It was pretty smooth. Uh, just having the relationships that I had with the players from an early like I helped recruit a lot of the people here. And then I was the receiver GA here initially, like especially Chase and Charlie's first year. So I've always been somebody that. Uh, those guys could talk to from like a route standpoint and a blocking standpoint and a football technique standpoint. And, uh, I'm just like, I'm a locker room guy all the way. Like I, I love being in a locker room. I love being around the players on the team. And while my role was limited with what I could do on the field, I, if they were up walking around the hallways, you know, I tried to try to create a relationship with everybody that walks, walks through here. So it was easy for me from a relationship standpoint because I knew those guys trusted me to come in and make them better. So we never had like a, a get to know you phase. Like they were going to be seniors and they had, they came back for a reason. And like the only goal that I had was to truly like help them accomplish their dreams and become the best version of themselves. And like, I genuinely love Charlie and Chase. Like when they were done, like you could ask them, I cried like such a, like I've never cried ever in my life. That last 
time that those guys played football. Like they're like two of the funniest, most incredible people to be around. They make everybody better from the, from the start. Like it was always about them and they knew that with me and they fought for me and I fought for them and they fought for Iowa state and for everybody. So we always like had a goal and a vision from the start. So I don't think it was ever like a, a struggle for either one of us to get going once it all kind of happened, whatever that was a year ago. I think the tight ends might've been the most like universally loved group this year. Like, I don't know how you like cycling fans in general, just like how much Charlie and and chase have done over the years that it's just like anytime they had on field success, everyone was just stoked. Well, they're the most like likable people of all time. Like they have these big personalities, like bigger than probably anybody could like imagine, even for what like they say and do like to the media and on Twitter and stuff. Like they have these big personalities, but at the same time, like, they get good grades. Like Charlie's the smartest kid in college football. Chase might be the second smartest kid in college football. Like they're pros. And like when they're confident, they're on the field, and they're having success. Like it's fun to watch. And when like Chase Allen celebrates every first down we have, like it's the last first down to seal the game. Like he loves to see Brees Hall get a first down or Jairo Brock. He loves to see Xavier Hutchinson catch a touchdown. Like he lives and dies Iowa state football, like more than anybody. And so does Charlie. So like those guys care so much about like the coaches, teammates, fans, and like the logo here and they have big personalities. So they're like fun to be around. So I think they make it easy for everybody to like them. And I think with us, like the the last couple of years of being able to just keep those guys loose and keep them confident and make sure they're having fun has helped them have success. So Real men cry. Real men are okay to show their emotions in front of people. Yeah. I respect that. But yeah. do you cry harder than Matt Campbell did on senior night? I was leaking harder than camp. Like they don't show me on T on the TV ever. Or, like the cameras are never around me. So it's great. But, Which like, is bullshit by the way. Show more yeah. of mouse. Yeah. Nobody wants this. The only Catherine Mauser, my mom back in Arizona, like <laughs> we win the game by 50 points and she's like upset. They didn't show me on TV more. <laughs> but other other than you and my mom nobody wants to see me but i'm glad yeah i was i was leaking pretty good i was standing over with uh charlie's family and chase's family i like kept the sunglasses on and just kept the tears going so it was but i i, I kept it tight i'm not he's a better looking crier than i am i i get i get even i get even uglier when i start to cry it's a bad deal you know, this interview is going to get really sensitive, you know, just throughout it. So yeah. if you, if you feel a need to cry, just, you know, let it out, man. We're, yeah, we're here for you. We're, we'll, yeah. we'll cry with you, you know? That's right. It's getting a little dusty <laughs> in here, boys. I got allergy, um, allergy season. It is. It is allergy season. Um, so you started with Campbell in Toledo as a grad yep. assistant, which th- then you obviously followed him to Iowa State afterward. Was there any difference between... Campbell to, or Campbell in Toledo versus Campbell in Ames? Um, not really, man. Like he, he's always been like a culture first guy, and a, a player's first program guy. Like it's always been about like care, love and serve the players. And he was like that there. We didn't have as many people on the staff there as we did here. So I guess there was probably more of like a, it felt like there was a lot more players around all the time just compared to the staff. But no, man, he, he, he treats everybody good. He makes everybody in the building feel like they're the most important person in the world. Like he treats Carl, our janitor here, the same way that he treats myself and treats coach man and ROC and everybody like 
he does an incredible job of making everybody feel really, really important and really cared about. And that's like the players and coaches. And he did that at Toledo too. And he didn't come here and have success and, and change up what his remedy was. And he's as hungry as he's ever been. And he wants to be different than everybody else. And he's uh, it's been fun to be within the last eight years. He's, he's the best. I can't, I can't say enough good stuff about that guy. He's uh he's a lot of fun to be around. Did he ever invite you to a Christmas party that you thought you would be attending as a guest? And then when you get there, you realize that you're actually a chauffeur to park everyone else who's a true guest, their car. Yeah. Did he ever do that to you? Yeah. Uh, He's never done that to me, but I mean, there hasn't been things too far off from that. Maybe not like a party, but I've had to do different kind of odd jobs from being an Iowa state guy from, from over the years, but no, he would never do that. He takes a, he would have a party if he did. He wouldn't have a party, but if he did have a party, like a Christmas party, which he used to do pre-COVID, he would have. He would make sure the the GAs and the young guys uh, got to eat first before, like the the jolly the jolly coaches did. So he took. He always took care of the the GAs and the young coaches first. Man, the the difference between him and Brian Kelly. Oh man, he's he's in, like Campbell's the best man. He he treated as a GA. As a, I, I came to Toledo as like an unpaid intern guy and like stuffed envelopes, like treated me the same. Like he's he's genuine through and through. How um I, I guess how hard is it to to kind of decide to go to the GA route out of college? Cause like you're not gonna make any money. The hours yeah. are long and it's just like it's a really tough road to work up like coaching but it also can be really rewarding. Is it, is it that end goal of like, Hey, I, I want to be, you know, on a coaching staff or whatever, like, and, and kind of how, how'd you go through that process coming out of college? Was it something that you thought you were for sure going to do? Or did you consider like, all right, I'm going to just go make some money, go the corporate route, nine to five boring shit. Yeah. I never thought about like the corporate route, honestly, like my dad back in Arizona, my mom and dad live in Arizona and my dad owns like six or seven little Caesars pizzas. So like from eighth grade until 12th grade, and then even summers in college, like I was in there making pizzas, shaking the shaker board on the corner. Like you see the guy that has like the little deal. You spin that shit good? Oh, in like 120 degree heat, just dying out there. And I like used that as motivation. I was like, I never want to come back here and work at Little Caesars ever again. No offense to anybody that works at Little Caesars because I love it. That's awesome. Crazy bread's good. Crazy bread's good. I can eat more of those Caesars. And it's hot and ready. I'm telling you, I could eat more pizza than anybody you ever seen. But I never, from probably my my sophomore junior year of college, I was like, I wanted to be a football coach. And I just have always, like I said earlier, like I never, I can never imagine myself like not being like in a locker room. Like I love the camaraderie with like the coaches. I love the camaraderie with the players. Like I'm like a locker room guy, like in there making fun of your teammates and just, you know, doing the whole thing. Like I like being in a locker room and, when I got done playing, I reached out to everybody that I knew because I didn't want to G at the spot that I played at just because I knew, like, I thought I had got everything out of that relationship with the coach that I had there. And I reached out literally to every, almost every division one football team in America and told them like, I'd come work for free. Like I'd pick up dry cleaning. I do whatever you need me to do. Like I had a good D2 career. So I'm like, man, I had a great career. Like I thought somebody want to hire me. Like nobody called me back or emailed me back except for coach Campbell at Toledo. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. 
what the role will be. You could come here, and if you work hard and you do a good job, then you know we'll see if you can if there's a GA spot for you. So I was like, deal. And I was like, Division One football, like this is gonna be the best. Like I I, I couldn't wait to get there and like, start coaching people, and like literally got there and started like organizing recruiting stuff and did that for like months. And there's a lot of people that just aren't willing to go be like the runt of whatever they're willing to do. And luckily I had like an aunt that lived like an hour away so I could stay there and I could drive back and forth for no money and like eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And like, I just always trusted, like, and it helps when you work for a guy like Campbell who is like genuine to you and like takes the time to at least notice you to where like, I didn't have an ego in it, but it's nice when you're like the guy in the back room, like putting on stamps and like licking envelopes and putting mailers and stuff and stocking vending machines that you hope that it leads to something at some point. Eventually I just, my dad told me when I went there to like go and try and make everybody's life easier, like everybody that you can affect and just make their life easier, do all the things that nobody else wants to do. And when you do that and you're persistent, like you have a chance and that's really like what's led to my success here is just always being around, always doing stuff nobody wants to do. And, when you don't have an ego in it and it's always, it's easier to like, whatever it might be to like take the easy route. I don't want to say easier route, but like whatever, maybe you have a job that's going to pay you decent money and it sounds good at the time. And it's hard to envision like what your future will look like in 10 years or eight years. It's going on eight years now, but cause that's really how long it took to get to be the, in the position coach role that I'm at now. And you don't know what the road looks like, but you just trust if you put hard work in that, and you surround yourself with good people, you got a chance. But it was it was a long journey for sure, but a, but a great one. Dude, that's awesome. Um, what's it like just like knowing if you wake up in kind of like a shitty mood that you can go see Matt Campbell and probably get like some motivation and immediately turn your day around? No, see, that, that is a good feeling because he does always have his door open. But more often than not, like I'm, I'm telling you, this, this Coach Manning guy that we have here, our OC is like, the funniest, the best dude ever to be around. Like he could turn your day around in two seconds. Like he's kind of like Larry David. If you ever uh, watched career enthusiasm or like Seinfeld or any of those things, like he's got a personality like that. So like, this is coach Manning. Yeah. Getting around coach Manning and he like keeps it close to his chest. He doesn't talk a a, a lot, but he's like the funniest human being on the, on, on planet earth. So, and like me and Jeff Myers are a line coach. I've worked together for eight years. So like, if I come in in a bad mood, like he'll probably just roast me for it anyways. And then I'll have to figure out some witty to say back again. But most of our staff, we've all been together for a long time so we could pick each other up. But yeah, to have a guy like coach Campbell in your corner to where, when things are looking grim, he always has like the right thing to say. And whether it's good, bad in between, he's, it's awesome to have. If, if that's Manning's personality, then new, we can't, we can't tweet bad things about Tom Manning anymore. Listen, all the people that say bad things about Tom Manning, <laughs> you guys don't know what you're talking about. That's you, dude. Or I'm telling you, this guy is an absolute offensive mastermind, and he's like the best guy ever. But I'm telling you, like any Iowa State fans that don't like Tom Manning, like you guys are, you guys are absolutely bananas. So write that down. You know, tweet it out. He's the best ever. I I will gladly wear that egg on my face because I I think um. Was it 2017 where he, I think it was for 2017, he had his like kind of breakaway season. Then he left for the Colts for one season and came back. Yeah. So was it the 2018 season where we were without him? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, I really don't know how to ask this question. 
and I've been trying to figure out whether I even should ask it, but screw it. I'm just going to ask it. Um, hey, it's, your, it's your podcast, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's our podcast. People can shit on me if they want. They do it all the time. Um, yeah. So when it comes to like fans being critical, one of Newton I's rules is when it comes to the players, leave them out of it, you know, because yeah. my whole philosophy is they're not getting paid. Now with NIL, maybe it looks a little bit different. So maybe, maybe the critiques can kind of be selective towards certain people like, like Quinn yeah. Ewers, um, uh, Tate Martell, you know, these guys who are making millions of dollars while I'm just going to say it, not even seeing the field, not even like really contributing much to the team. I think you can be a little critical of that just because of the standpoint that they're in, but you know, they're, they're anomalies. Most people are not in that situation. Um, yeah. Coaches on the other hand, usually are. And that's kind of yeah. why I, I don't ever think it's right to, you know, bag on people in certain ways. You know, there's ways you can be critical and kind yeah. of provide your critical insight and it's appropriate. And then there's ways that is just really inappropriate and it's just rude. Yeah. And it's just, it's just negative. But yeah. what is like, it, where is the line there? You know, where, you know, some fans can kind of teeter between being too overtly critical and just kind of being assholes, but yeah. then also finding that line of just providing your honest insight. And do you yeah. think that players should always be excluded from that? Or do you think, you know, college players can sometimes take some of that blame? Can I add one thing? They're also just kids. Yeah. That's that's yeah, the, ma- the biggest thing that I think you forgot. Because <laughs> so, we were all <laughs> is, it is dumbass. Yeah. Like you know, imagine you getting criticized by some oh random ass person when you're 19. No, yeah. my gosh, I I would never want anyone to see me in college. Yeah, it would, that's a very yes. Thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's tough, man. Honestly, like you all know, like what you sign up for. Like that's why you want to be like at the Division One level as a player and as a coach, but. It's it is tough. Like I made the mistake. Not that I don't want to say a mistake, but like when I got when they announced like me being a tight end coach, I had all these like incredible Iowa State fans like tweeting at me, blah blah blah. So I was like following back, follow back, follow back, follow all these people back. And then we lost in that Baylor game, and it was like just bananas. Like it was crazy. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like you guys believe it, don't believe it. Like after those games, like where we lose or something happens, bad happens on offense, like. You get emails, you get people tweet and they hate you. And it's like the people that said they loved you. And you know, like when you see it, like it's emotional, but it, it's hard after those things happen. And there's so many in football, like I always talk to people about this, like there's so many variables for, for every play and for everything that happens. Like you have 22 people on the field at one time. And the coaches have such a big, more involvement in the game of football than probably in their sport. And like, there's all these things that could go wrong at any given time or go right. And, so like the losses you, you, like you work a million hours and the players sacrifice all off season to get to the game. And then you lose on like a, whatever it might be. You 62 know? Like yard you guys, field goal for instance. Yeah, what, yeah <laughs> for instance, or whatever it might be. And you guys have obviously seen uh, the way that some of those games have unfolded here and it's frustrating and it's hard and it, it is tough. And then you get like butchered on top of it. And like the, the fans here are so good. They are so awesome. And, I'm a, I'm a Lions fan. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. And I'm, Ooh. yeah, it, it, I watch those games. I'm like pulling my hair out, you know, as a fan too, but it is tough. And to, to know like where the line is, I think you just have to know, like when you see it, you got to like, let it roll off your back a little bit. And people say things when they get emotional and it's, and everybody handles it a different way, but it is, it is hard to, to see sometimes, especially when people like criticize certain like players or certain like coaches, because like they don't know, like 
what that guy, they probably like think they do, but they don't know like truly like how much like, and everyone's always going to come like the coordinator, the head coach and the, and like the quarterback, those like the three big ones. Like nobody's ever like really, really mad at me for, for things like that. But like what, what, Campbell and Manning and Brock Purdy like have done at Iowa State and like what the time they put in here to like help gain like an inch or a yard or like it would like change people's perspective probably a lot but like with social media and things like that it it obviously gives everybody a platform so it is what it is and, and everybody here knows it but it's it's frustrating and one thing with that is you know the word fan comes from fanatics we're crazy you know yeah and for sure one thing that there's just such a, there is such a fine line to just being you know, being able to voice your concerns, your, that you're upset about something, but then also doing it in the wrong way. And, and I, I don't, I'm not meaning for this to sound at all like a spin zone, but it has came across my mind. If fans weren't upset with some of these losses or some of, you know, the things that they're just upset about, then I think that would almost indicate that they don't have the same expectations as the coach, as the players in a certain yeah. manner. So in a way, I think critical, like, you know, when fans are being, how do I say this critical? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like I said, there's a way to do it and there. And everyone knows when they see, you know, critiques that are like, that is way, that's a, you know, a nut shot. You can't say that stuff, you know, yeah. but then there are some other things where I'm like, I think a lot of the things that people are saying can be fair because it shows, Hey, we, ha- we believe in you guys not probably not as much as you guys believe in yourself. Cause I, I, I truly believe yeah. that D one athletes bet on themselves. Like no one else can ever do. Like it's, it's crazy yeah. that mindset that these D one athletes have, but you know, it, it does show the trust that we have in our uh, players and our coaches, our coordinators that were like, Hey, we have these expectations for you too. Yeah. And again, I, I think there's a fine line of, of being upset about maybe not meeting those expectations, but also, you know, voicing things that are just kind of nasty. You want to always avoid that, you know? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It, it's really hard, like, to see, like, the players and other people on your staff, like, after those losses or, like, and whatever it is, like, maybe just, for example, like, a tight end, whatever, missed a block. And, like, you, it's hard not to feel, like, responsible and feel like you let the other guys on the staff or, like, the team down. And, like, the coaches and players, like, wear that. And it's tough to, like, go on the, you know, just like it is for anybody in you know, job or family or whatever to like be on the people you really care about and feel like you let them down some kind of way. But I, I hear yeah. y'all say. I mean, that's what Rory said too. He's like, you guys are disappointed, but like, imagine us, like we're way more fucking pissed off, you know? It's, yeah. it's, and then it's like, like that perspective. Weekly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that makes sense. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think I wanted to bring up the point. Like, I do think it is, Mason on your, your idea of like being critical. I think that's like, there is some good with that because I think the worst thing you can have a fan base be is like apathetic Yeah. because when like you are just not like I've gone there with, I would say I got there with Paul Rose at the end, like, holy shit. When we like pissed down our leg, that 14 point lead against Kansas state that essentially got him fired towards the end of it. I was like, this wouldn't be the worst thing because we need to change. Like, like seriously. And like, same thing, like Steve Prohm at the end of basketball, when you see this team's just like yeah. not putting anything together, you're like, I'm not watching the games. I'm, I'm, I'm literally like, I don't want to watch this team. Like I'm apathetic about how I feel about this. And that's really hard for me to get with sports and especially yeah. Iowa state. And so, yeah, I, I just, I wanted to, to throw in that perspective too. So it's like, 
you know, it, it, I guess it's good. And, and it's one thing, like it's the beauty and the beast of, of, of passionate fans and you're, yeah. you're always going to get bad apples and, and shitty takes and social media just like magnifies that, but you're also going to get beautiful ass senior nights and yeah. fans that show up in the world's worst weather and tailgate their asses off and, and do all this kind of stuff. And it, and it makes for, a, a Oh no, they're incredible. And that's like, they're, they're, I mean, they are the best and, you hope when you go to like a place like I've been on the wrong side of Iowa state loss in Jack Trice when I was at Toledo too. Like there is, this is like the, one of the toughest places to play and it's bonkers in there and there's nothing like it. And the fans are the best. So like, you don't get caught up in like the, the bad ones, but it's, it's, fr- it's hard when you see like people on the staff that you care about that are people are emailing them crazy stuff and like tweeting stuff and players and stuff, just cause like, they're like, they're more than like players to you. They're like, you know, your friends and colleagues and family and stuff, but it's, it's college football. It's crazy. And that's why you love it. The emails to me is wild because that shows that you're going out of your way to like personally say something to them. And if I tweet something, it's, it's more so like kind of like an indirect thing, I guess, if anything else, but if you're emailing, they're like, this is just for me to vent to this person specifically. And nothing's going to come from it. Like, do you think they're going to read this and be like, Oh, you're right. I should do better because everyone is always trying to do the best they can, you know? So yeah. the emailing thing, that's, that's wild. Tell those people to piss off or just block well, them. I always would like, I, like whenever that happens, I'm like, tell them to call you, like, see if they'll call you. And say yeah. <laughs> I like, and has not, anyone ever called? No, they never good. called, <laughs> but I would like it. Maybe they got a good idea. Maybe it's worth, maybe it's worth hearing. Maybe they got something that'll, that'll help us. See, I'm sure see if you guys take everyone's feedback, then, um, no, I, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either, but they, they don't, they wouldn't, but like you I guys said, are I, in the position for a reason, you know, 99% of it's emotional and people are crazy and there's good and bad in it. All right. I got a, an interesting question on, on scouting. I feel like that is, it's obviously so unique to the sport of football. How kind of tough or weird is that job? Like, having to work and recruit teenagers. Um, I, I feel yeah. like you have to be kind of in the now, but it's also like that <clears throat> Steve Buscemi meme of like, you know, like yeah. how you doing, oh, but like dude. trying to be cool, yeah. like, you know, yeah. cause you're, you're not fucking like 16, like, you yeah. know, <laughs> and the, I feel like the older you get, no, especially right. like if it's, if it's new to you, like, I don't know. Could you just like, just how is that process? And is that something that like, you know, we've heard other coaches like just hate it. Like Fred Hoiberg did not want to keep doing it because he just like did not like that element of it. But it's like some players, like some coaches love that. Like, you know, I, I guess it's just what, what's kind of your take on recruiting and how's it been working in that? Well, I mean, right, like right now it's like never been crazier. So it's a lot different than even whatever, four years ago when I was in it. But when like you, I think the best thing, like the reason that I feel like I like it or have had recruiting success, like, if you're just, you just like be yourself and create relationships and like invest in like the kids and see what they're about, like watch their basketball games and, and see what they like to do and see how they interact. And if you could just like do your best to create a, like a real relationship, it's hard for the kid to tell, you no. like, and it's hard for the kid to, to tell you he's going to go somewhere else. If you have a real relationship with the kid, and if you have a relationship that's like based on social media and like Twitter and graphics and things like that, like, those are usually the ones that you don't get or the kids that like end up in the transfer portal because they want to come and uh, get a bunch of likes or they want to wear cool jerseys and, and things like that. So I think the reason that we've had success here is because we've created like relationships, 
try to create authentic relationships with the kids that we've had here to where when like those tough days come in college football, they have, they, they trust the coaches. Definitely. But it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, I, I feel like we just got to talk about Charlie Kolar and Chase Allen a bit more. Do you see like an NFL team in particular that you want them to land that you think, you know, they could, they could step into that program and right away have success. I, I just think of my Colts. I think Jack Doyle is aging. I like him, but damn, we got to get rid of him. <laughs> Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's a dog. You know who coached Jack Doyle? Your boy, Tom Manning. <sighs> that's right. I, that's right. Yes. Yes. I, that's they're, right. They're, that's right. I'm telling you, they talk all the time to their buddies, but, uh, Man, any any team that uh, like is that takes a chance on Chase or try like I I have no idea where they're gonna go. Like after the Lazard thing where he didn't get drafted, like I feel like I know nothing about what the NFL draft process looks like because he's like that was wild, the most, the most incredible human being of all time and the best football player that I've ever like seen, and he didn't get drafted so. Uh, that really told me that I know nothing about the draft process. And as many people as I talk to or scouts or whatever they call, like you just, you never know. And like, those guys are like special human beings from like every aspect. I mean, and then on top of it, they're incredibly talented. Like those guys will go somewhere and outwork 99% of the people anywhere they go, whether that's like a desk job or, or football. So I feel really confident that those guys will both make a roster just based on their work ethic character on top of being six, six and six, seven and can roll and block and catch. Like I would, I mean, I would, I'm a Lions guy. I told you, I'd love to, I'd like to see one of them go to Detroit and mm. help get things going there. But the, the Colts would be great too. Like I don't see an offense where those guys can't fit. Like just they're willing to do, they're like literally willing, willing to die for whatever team they play for. And doesn't matter what their record is. Like they'll go somewhere and, and be good players. So you said they're unique tight ends, which they are, but um, and you might not have an answer. That's okay if you don't. Do you see like an NFL comparison on either Charlie or Chase? Um, yeah, I, I always thought that Charlie like reminded me of like a, a Mark Andrews or like a, a Hunter Henry kind of guy. Like when we were at Toledo, we played Hunter Henry at Arkansas and I thought he was I thought both of them were like the biggest human beings I've ever seen. And they were like fluid and like had great ball skills and, and competed and things like that. Like those are two guys that, that I thought, and I know like we're talking like high end extremes right there. Like both those guys, like Mark Andrews might be like the best tight in the NFL right now. But sure. I just think from like a build, like skill set, ball skills, route skills, like there's not a ton of people that can run routes like Charlie and understand leverage and be able to run and things like that. And then Chase, uh, I think the comparison for him would be like that Schultz, the the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Uh, he really came on, too. Yeah, like the way that they run and move and like the flexibility they have in their lower body. I think I, I see a lot of that with each other. And those would be like the two, co- the the like starting tight end, NFL tight end co- uh, comparisons that I that I would have with both those guys. There was, I'm going to grab a charger real quick so I don't die on them. Ah, you're going to go to the office. We're going to steal our secretary's uh, charger. <laughs> New, do we leave in the dead air? Dead air.
Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> Dude, you know what's awesome is the Always Sunny podcast. Have you guys you, listened yeah. to that one? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, like, that's my favorite podcast right now. Like, I watch it every Monday. Like, it's the best. I love the video component of it, too. Like, the, It's awesome. And know what's oh. funny is, like, those guys are so much more alike the show than they think they are. And they kind of talk about it, but they're like... <laughs> They're a lot like the people. On the you show. can kind of predict what they're going to say a little bit because they're like their characters, you know? <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Like it's hilarious. I'm glad that you guys are always sunny guys. It's like one of my favorite shows. Oh, it's, it's probably my favorite, my favorite TV show. show. Yeah. I Holy think, brother, that would have been wow. hilarious if I brought like a thing of crackers and just started crushing <laughs> the crackers while I was <laughs> turning the interview. Like some lemons to give to us. <laughs> That's right. Lemon. <laughs> Tart. <laughs> what a good show yeah. well, let's redo this interview let's get some crackers yeah we'll restart <laughs> we'll have it always sunny yeah shout out to rich this uh this interview is brought to you by rich crackers <laughs> don't do a podcast without him i had a question and now i completely lost it because i thought i, I was just about sunny. to say I, I had one too damn it <laughs> that's hey that's my bad guys no, it's that's all right. right. No, that's we, me. we need this. Oh, this is the adversity have, that we drive that. in. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. it. New. Um, so are you worried about the red zone offense a little bit next year? Cause you just lost like people who are just like automatic touchdowns down there. Like yeah. is, that's not going to be fun. Right. Yeah. You, it, it's <laughs> funny you say that. Like we've, we've certainly been studying that the last couple of weeks with, with what we're going to do. And we've always like, we've never like, had like this offensive system per se that like we've tried to fit players into like nobody will replace what Charlie and Chase did for us like in the red zone but we got Xavier Hutchinson and Jalen Noel and these other people that are going to be really good players for us like we had our first year here we were a 10 personnel team we didn't even play with tight ends and really the second year it was all 11 personnel so we've always been like a players formations plays like based offense and whatever our skill set of the players we have have been we've molded the offense around them so we'll find like we have the biggest library you've ever seen of like offensive plays and we could fit anybody with any skill set Easton D and Sean Annika even my boy Jared Russ almost caught the game winning touchdown against Texas Tech but uh we'll have dudes down there that can go up and catch the ball and, and people that can and pound the rock inside the five that'll score touchdowns too. So we'll make sure that we have a good game plan of where we can score. Fear not my boy. Fear not new. I'm not worried anymore. I'm not worried anymore. Boom. Sleep easy. <laughs> so we were the second best in the nation last year in red zone conversions. And you're telling us that we're going to be going for that number one slot next year, right? Yeah, we're we're yeah we're gonna we're going for tops, and we're gonna get the the touchdown percentage is gonna go up too, and we're gonna have a good field goal kicker too that all the Cyclone fans can cheer for. So, hell yeah, it's, it's gonna Love be beautiful. It. Yeah, man. Oh, so, so what about special teams? You know, we always have to get into this one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> one of my Let's questions. Was, um, <laughs> you've had great success with the tight ends, so like you know, have you maybe thought about expanding? And you know, you could create the job. There's no one that has it right now. Just special teams <laughs> coordinator, coach. Listen, I can't give out all the details now, but we got some big things working in the special teams world that you're gonna be you're gonna yes. be happy about. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't say anything detail wise, but you'll be you'll be happy with what happens. I promise. Only onside kicking. Yeah, we're only onside <laughs> kicking, and we're going for it every fourth down. Let's go. 
That's right. Man. Two point conversions too. Only two point conversions and onside kicks and going for it fourth down. No punts. I love You're, it. The, the Brandon Staley approach. I love it. That that never fails. <laughs> never. What could go? What could go wrong? Exactly. Um, so your locker room guy, I don't know yeah. how often you're physically in the locker room with them, but just a bunch of alpha male D one athletes with just built up testosterone. There's gotta be some athletes that just kind of butt heads with one another. In my experience with sports is usually that brings out the best in their competitive nature. So yeah. who were those guys that maybe butt heads that really just brought the best out of one another? Uh, last year's team you're saying, yeah, I, I feel like Charlie was probably that guy. Like he could, he could call out anybody and he could butt heads with anybody, but it always came from a good place. And you knew it was because he like, Charlie is the most competitive human being that you've ever met. Like you can't play war with that guy with a deck of cards without him losing his mind. So when, uh, when that happens, it's, it's because like, it's time to go and he wants to win and he wants to get more out of you. It's not because like, he like doesn't like anybody. And I always felt like at least since that 2017 season, we've been like a college locker room with like a high school locker room feel. And everybody's like each other's like best friend. And coach Campbell does a really good job of the way he sets up the locker room. He doesn't just put like the tight ends with the tight ends. He puts the people that don't get to be around each other a lot in practice, like next to each other in the locker room. So we have like all these people, like the O-line, like on the weekends is hanging out with the DBs, just things that like you don't see a lot in other football teams. So we don't have a ton of issues with like butting heads and things like that. Like we don't have a ton of people with egos and ton of people that like get in their feelings. So it hasn't been a super big problem for us. I like that. And then this isn't for, for whatever reason, I thought this was a big a piggyback question. It's absolutely not. This is totally off topic, but I have to yeah. ask it. Has there ever been anyone that's came to a practice or maybe just a team event, just so obviously hung over. And if you're willing to tattletale their name, that's encouraged, but I'm not going to make you say who it is. And if so, how did the coaching staff handle it? Particularly Campbell. Oh, man. You can sit on this one for a bit. There's definitely has, there definitely has been for sure. And especially like as a GA, like you see it, a little bit more maybe not like I don't mean that like you're like doing anything more than the coaches would but you're just like around the players maybe a little bit more like doing warm-up stuff and checking them in and things like that but yeah there's been players I'm like dude you gotta like splash some water on your face or like we gotta get like some cologne on you or something like that like but honestly not really like it's the kids here are so good like we don't ever like the first year that we were here Coach Campbell uh, would send me and Jeff Myers, our online coach, I don't know, we were the two GAs. He would send us out, like, on dollar night Wednesdays, mug night Thursdays, and then Fridays, and, like, do, like, bar checks to see, like, if we had players in there. Because there was, like, a bar band when we first got here. And, and you were like, paid narc. Exactly. Is that right. why they wear those hoods whenever they go out to bars? Is that why they're always exactly wearing a hood? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's more obvious. Like, okay, how many hoodies are up in this bar trying to mac on someone? I'm like, all right. So Just pinpoint the dude who's six, five with the hood over himself. That's probably an athlete. Exactly. Right. The guy like just the shady dude in the trench coat. No. <laughs> so we would do that. And we like never found anybody to like the players here, are, like incredible. They do like the right thing all the time. Like they're here, like throwing balls all day and all night. Like 
they're they're good dudes. But the first couple of years, uh, we definitely had a couple of guys that like to have a good time, and they, and they would come and work too. Like they'd come and sweat it out and and be at the front of the lines and stuff. But yeah, there's definitely been some people that have limped into like a meeting or limped into a uh, a workout with a, a couple bags under their eyes and not been in the best shape. I'll never forget the time I'm going to name drop him just because he doesn't play for Iowa state anymore. And I don't think there's ever a chance he's going to come on this podcast, but there was a time I was at Patty's and we saw cam lard with his hood over himself, just nice. like double fisting on, on a, it was a Friday night. So whatever that was, but then he played Oklahoma the following day. And, you know, me and my buddies are looking at ourselves like we're going to get our asses kicked and homeboy dropped like, 30 plus points and dunked all over them. And we're like, okay, this guy needs to go to Patty's before every game moving forward. It was outrageous. It was, it was so cool. <laughs> Some of those guys are like freaks, man. Like when you watch that uh, Jordan 30 for 30, and he talks about like drinking beers, smoking cigars and playing golf, like before the playoffs or whatever, you're like, some guys are just incredible. This when uh, we played in the Alamo bowl, whatever that was 2018 season, I would always sit with the wideouts because I was the GA the, the year before and I'd like make sure my boy Hakeem like had a good meal and uh, like ate like spaghetti and other stuff like carb stuff. That way he could go out there because he was going to play a million plays. So he like goes to the bathroom, like doesn't come back, doesn't eat. We're in the middle of the meeting before the, the bowl game. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, where the, I got, where the hell is Hakeem? Go out there and he's crushing Whataburger. Like, <laughs> just smoking Whataburger like outside the dining hall, like annihilating all this. And I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we're about to play in the Alamo Bowl. You can't eat all this Whataburger before the game. And then he went out there and like broke the receiving record, like 200 yards receiving. Like, kids, just <laughs> that ridiculous an catch too with one hand. Yeah. So like, I love Akeem. <laughs> love Akeem. Yeah, he's one of my. He just signed in Canada. He's going to play yeah, for, in nice. uh, Vancouver. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite favorite humans of all time, right there. I love it. Um, yeah, I only have one more question, by the way. Newt, do you have any more questions, by the way? I do have some questions as well. So perfect, let's go. I want to break <laughs> okay. your guys. View. We're gonna break the view uh, per podcast record with this one. <laughs> all we're right, you guys. We're taking we're, you to the top of the. Apple we're gonna right? go from oh. seven listens to eight after Taylor Mouse <laughs> today. I'm pumped. <laughs> well, once I tell my mom and she tells all her friends, it'll get you Ooh, that's, that's a good demo to get time. Perfect. Moms. <laughs> um, um, you know, you no, actually, you know what? You go for it. New go for it, man. Okay. Okay. Um, when you're recruiting, like, what do you think is the hardest selling point of Iowa State, or, or what do you think the, like, you know, kind of the, the biggest sort of questions you get for, you know, why, why my kids should come to Iowa state or, or Ames versus elsewhere. Um, maybe like if it's a kid, that's not local. Like a lot of them want to know, like what the weather, like if it gets cold, like you recruit, like I'm from Arizona, so we recruit Arizona or Texas or Florida. And they're like, Hey man, does it get, does it get cold out of Iowa? And you're like, nah, it, <laughs> We got like four or five weeks. You'll be home after the, the bowl game and then you'll be here for like three weeks, get your jacket, you'll be good. Like you won't don't even worry about it. <laughs> Just lie to them. Yeah. The oh my God. <laughs> not lie to them, but like it's it's we just you layer up and you survive. It's it's you're gonna love snow. You'll get flat. We got seven oaks, mountain range, we'll be skiing. 
And great. you got to get them under the belief that 32 degree weather is darty weather. It's like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> only, you know, below zero, only a few times out of the year. So it's really not that cold when in reality, like half the year is 32 degrees or less. So it's been a good winter this year, guys. It's been not, it it's not been bad. bad. Today's, it's snowing pretty bad today, but it's been good. Dude, it's You're the not wind wrong. chill, man. The wind chill is just ridiculous in Iowa. Yeah, the wind chills. Yeah, like I told you, I, I told you about me catching it in the ear. So it's I'm I'm not a fan, but that's something. Uh, but the nice thing is now, like we've been we've had some really good years uh, before. Like I, I don't want to say, but maybe it was the la- lack of success that they had had before. But now, like we won the Fiesta Bowl last year. We played Clemson this year. We been to bowl games the last couple of years. So. Winning certainly makes it easier, and at least from a tight end perspective, like with, with the how our guys have done there, uh, that certainly helped in uh, in recruiting as well. Okay, so EJ is going to be pissed off at me for asking this. I, I always bring this up, and he just gets you can tell he's not liking it. But I was always under the belief that I thought EJ Bibbs was our greatest tight end we've ever had, and you know, just in regards to just pure skill, athleticism, and kind of yeah. how he can contribute on the field. I always felt like he didn't get the best shake maybe with um, the roster that was surrounding him, but also the style of offense that we ran. And just seeing Kolar break seemingly every tight end record imaginable, it's kind of hard to argue that anyone's better than him. At least from a success standpoint, you quite literally cannot argue that, you know, Charlie is the greatest tight end in school history, just purely looking at the stats. I try and look a little beyond the stats and kind of look at the impact on the field and just kind of their on-field performance and what they could do with maybe some other exemplary, you know, players that are there. So I'm not trying to say, or I'm not trying to get you to say who would be better than who, but do you think that, you know, players and other greats like EJ Bibbs, if they were in, uh, you know, maybe the style of offense that we have today could find maybe better success. And do you think some of these, uh, I don't want to say these records, but some of these outcomes with their overall career success could be a little bit different. Uh, man, I'm really biased with what our offense is and with what coach Manning can do with just about anybody and our ability to cater the offense to Lazard, to Butler, Deshante, Trevor Ryan, LaMichael Petway, you know, has his best year here mm-hmm. in one year. Um, and then be able to do it with tight ends and your 12 and 13 personnel team and with Chase and Charlie and uh, David Montgomery to Brees Hall. Like if you're, if you're a good player, like you could come here and really like be great. So I think EJ, I watched EJ when I was the Toledo GA, like he dragged one of our defensive guys into the end zone. And like, I thought there was a flag on the play, but it was EJ's shirt that our player like ripped off from being dragged. So I certainly think uh, he could have been uh, an incredible tight end in our in our offense, and who knows like how good he could have been. But he had a great career here. I'm biased to to what we have right now with, with our offense and Coach Manning and our players here. So I think any player from any of the other eras, like it would have been fun to see what we could have came up with with Seneca Wallace here, and you know whoever yeah. else like, could have played like. We uh, truly cater our, our offense around like the skill set of our guys and they don't have to come in here and do it our way. We're going to make sure that we give them the best platform and stage to to acclimate their skill set. I'm going to cut that EJ part. Awesome. Because I don't want his ego to be stroked even more because every time we have him on, it's it's already unbearable enough. So EJ, well, come uh, hang out with the Titans, man. <laughs> I got young bucks in here now. Come, come give him a good word, man. <laughs> 
You I'm editing this one for, we're doing like a little combine with him supposedly because he doesn't believe that we're athletic at all. So yeah, yeah. Taylor, you want to hop in on this uh, on this combine with us? We'll call it the the outside combine. Sure. That was a terrible name. No, it's just yeah. Well, we'll outside combine. Yeah. I'll, I'm in. What what kind of games are we talking? Are we talking like traditional? Like 40s? we have, yeah, we got like we'll traditional forties. EJ mentioned benching. We're like, there's no fucking point in that one, but um, we're going to do, I, I can do bench. I, I can kind of bench. You can do bench. Yeah. You're, you're kind of, yeah, whatever. And then we were going to play basketball. That was a big one. And then we we're also just going to run routes on each other. So I like yeah, uh, me I like and Newt versus him. It would no, be, I want to, I want a one-on-one. I, I, I want, I want EJ one-on-one. I'll, I'll, I'll I, I call quarterback. That's fine. That's Go back to our intramural days. Make him yeah, throw a deep. Make him throw a deep, man. Those balls are tough to catch. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get in his. I'll, I'll get in his pocket a little bit. We'll see. A little we'll offhand, see. offhand jam. <laughs> okay. Um. Also, if you have like five more minutes, we were gonna do a little segment slash little game. I got um, all the time in the world for you guys. Ah, you're the man. Well, we have uh, our producer, super producer Liam, has a question he for you. Even so have a title anymore. So, so Liam, up, Liam, what what is your question for Taylor Mouser, Liam? <laughs> <laughs> he yeah he he was a producer. He came on for like the first three episodes, and his work schedule has been so shitty. He hasn't came on a single episode since. So we have to we have to give him shit every single episode. He still listens okay. though, so that's good. But Liam, um, that's true. Liam, Hi, listen, Liam. Liam, you got to take some time off and get on it. We need consistency here on the pod. We can't have you just on sometimes. That's that's not good enough. We need the consistency of you showing up every week. He, he comes when Rory's on. So that's when it, Rory yeah. comes on, we get Liam. Yeah, <laughs> Rory. Hey, Rory attracts a, a wild crowd, so that's not surprising <laughs> at all. King of Des Moines, right? The, the king of East Des Moines. That's right. Let's go East. Um, okay. So we honestly didn't really have a segment until the, we talked Always Sunny. Let's just share our top five Always Sunny episodes and then we'll be done. Call it good. Right. Great way to end the show, right? I'm sure that a lot of good. people who don't watch Always Sunny will start tuning out right now. And that's okay yeah. with us. If you're not watching Always Sunny, you should watch Always Sunny too. Before you like hit the 30 second skip button that I hit through all the ads all the time, you should you yep. should watch Always Sunny. All all you Cyclone fans, watch it. All right, should we do top five episodes or top five Always Sunny moments? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I kind of like moments. Episodes. episodes? Yeah. All right. Okay. We, I mean, moments, episodes. It's both good. Oh shit. Okay, we'll, we'll do either or. We'll do either or I have my favorite moment because I I'd never seen probably anything funnier in any TV show ever, but my top moment of always sunny was Dennis's rage. I'm untethered and my rage knows no bounds. That entire tangent he went on. That was, that was like a gift from God. I, I needed that in my life. That was, that will always go down as my favorite TV show scene of all time. It, it is great. The, I was, um, I love the part where they stitch Frank in the couch and then Frank like comes out of the couch. I got this like hilarious Snapchat I had when I was watching it and I was with my mom back home. Like after the, it might've, it was after one of the bull games and I was watching it and she like just walked down and the only clip she saw was Frank tearing out of the couch. 
but yeah, that's uh, that is good. That's that's certainly up there for me. That entire Christmas episode has to be in the top five. Oh, that's a great one. Where they throw the rocks at the trains. <laughs> that's a great one. I love uh, the what the heck's the episode called? Oh shoot, where they uh, Charlie? Oh Charlie, King of the Rats. Where they oh, take yeah. him to the, they get him like the rat stick, and they take him to the spa, and he has the spaghetti bag. <laughs> but there's one clip where like they're all trying to do something nice, and De- and Mac gets Dennis like a shirt, but uh, Dennis like takes the shirt back and switches it and opens it. I mean, it's like the most clever, hilarious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I was, I, like, oh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Like, it's like a little subtle part, but it's, it's so funny. I, the Nightman Cometh is a really oh, good one. Oh, gosh, that is a really good one. I like um, the, uh, go ahead, Newt. In, in the, um, the Dennis, the Dennisism one. Yeah. When, when, when they're at the pharmacy and they're talking about the whole plan and like the Mac move in after completion. And then Frank just goes, I come in for the scraps. And then it comes up with the name Mantis Toboggan. I, there's that, like that two minutes is I think the best in all of always Sunday because there's just so much that goes on. He's like, Mantis. the names are hilarious in that show. Like Vic Vinegar and Mantis Toboggan and, like know what the other good one that i like is the gang when they make the uh, lethal weapon remake oh yeah that's like a that one's like hilarious to me i, I think that one's incredible mac and dennis moved to the suburbs that's oh, a good great. One. i mean oh, they're all like, when, like the, just whenever dennis good. has any sort of like rage moments uh, that's that's just like prime comedy to me that's what's awesome about that podcast is he gets so triggered on that thing too. Sometimes you could just tell like they definitely took that from, uh, from real life. Another, the, the part where he gets hit with the bowl of cereal in the car. Oh, I was just about to say that I had it. <laughs> Reynolds and Reynolds with cereal defense. That one is, there's so many great moments. That, like rock flack and Eagle, right? Charlie. He's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all like, so like unique and, and clever. Like when they did, I watched the one last night where they do the, they put on the wrestling match and they do like the birds of war song. It, and it just doesn't land with anyone in the crowd. No, <laughs> stupid. It's so funny. Like all you people listening, like, you got to go check out these episodes. Like it's, it's, it's big time. Last one. And this is just my, my most underrated always sunny episode. I don't think anyone appreciates this episode as much as I do, but the gang does a clip show on how they're essentially making fun of the fact that they're doing a clip show and how they're being lazy the entire episode. And then like the second half turns into like some weird little inception yeah. moment. So funny. Yeah, like every episode has like the ability to like take like a hard turn at any given moment. But there's also like this crazy blend of like genius and like how clever it it is. So like it's that's what makes it so unique. Like the details of it and like the twist. Like it's it's awesome. Yeah, like when they do the gun debate one and they switch the sides of the debate halfway <laughs> yeah. through. Like, and they're like, wait, 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 we're with you guys. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, they're like yeah. we're with you guys. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's what they're so good at. They're so good at like pointing or like poking holes in just random pop culture issues in making both sides look absolutely moronic. 100%. And they do a good job of staying like pretty 
biased like him and show making fun of conservatives and liberals and pro guns and no like whatever it might be like yeah. that's what makes the show like i'm glad they keep making episodes too like it's it's awesome that they've been going as long as they have mm-hmm. Damn. i'm gonna i keep Anything. calling they like tweeted out the number i'm gonna get on that i'm gonna like yeah yes if you can add me to the call just just like a bank oh right. I'm going to make this three-way really quick and then just throw my number in. There. Wait, right. wait, me we too. If, if any of us get on, we have to, <laughs> I, I want to be in on this too. Damn it. Yeah. Maybe we, yeah, we combine podcasts, <laughs> combine the podcast with the always, uh, the always sunny podcast. I, I think that get, that get things going. It boosts their numbers a lot. I've, I've heard that they really struggle to reach cyclone fans. So um, <laughs> I, I believe it. Yeah. They don't, they don't talk. There's not a whole lot of Iowa references in the, in the podcast, but <laughs> You never know. I always never say it. never. That's obviously like a demographic that they haven't, you know, tackled Untapped yet. market. So we're, we're, Untapped right. Untapped market. There you go. That there's that there's more always sunny fans that are like listening to the pod than you think. I feel like Iowa Iowa people are, are always sunny people. I agree. There's a little bit yeah. of craziness that they can relate to. Mm. Damn. Well, do you have anything else new or Taylor? Or mouse, I'm sorry. It's probably weird for you to hear that, isn't it? Nah, man. What Taylor, mouse, whatever. Nah, man. You guys have been awesome. It's been a blast. Hopefully, I could uh, clear up a couple of things for you guys. And I can't wait to see all the positive tweets you guys uh, tweet at the coaching staff this season. It's gonna be <laughs> awesome. No, no, Tom Manning tweets. They're specifically off limits unless we're, um, you know, just patting him on the back. That's that's yeah. our goal for 2022. Yeah, he's the he's the best. All, no, all I, the coaches are the best. So it's, 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 I'm biased, but they're all, they're all incredible dudes and great coaches. We're going to push Before for more we, camera time too, to appease your mom. So, yeah. yes. Well, camera sorry, time. like hashtagging it. Yeah. The, the bad part, my mom doesn't understand that. Like, I, I don't look, I, I don't look as good as she thinks I do on the camera. Like, she thinks I'm like Brad Pitt out there. Like, I just, I look, she's sending me these pics of how good I look. And all my friends from high school are like making fun of me for how <laughs> overweight and ugly I am. And so it's, <laughs> It's just, it's bad for everybody, but, but her. Hey, friends lift each other up. Those, those aren't good <laughs> friends of yours. We're, we're your right. new friends. You, you don't have it. any more friends anymore aside from us. We're your only friends now. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're one of the few <laughs> friends I have that don't, that don't hate my guts. And they're, my friends are a lot like the always sending friends. They just try to berate me and bring the worst <laughs> out of me all the time. You, that would, that would bring for some pretty good television content. That's about it. It would. <laughs> yeah it would it'd be just like the old lady house that's a good episode too oh that's another good episode. one that's yeah, a really yeah. good one we yeah. yeah we could do a whole separate pod on just always sending for, for the folks we should dude we mouse, do, we're gonna have to have you on again sometime man we'll do a pod where we watch yeah. so of always sunny and then pod on it I, it's watch original party. idea no one's doing it right now that's yeah we're gonna start the trend of <laughs> watching tv shows live on the pod and eating and eat ritz crackers <laughs> dead air dead air yeah you guys need the soundboard too oh we, yeah. we do we, well, we I'm can the make a lot of i just edited it in afterwards but not tonight i got it tonight so if There's you like if you like the editing on this episode then you have uh your boy mason to thank you are all welcome everyone perfect yeah thank round of applause for mason everybody I'm, I'm excited right. for mason to text me at nine o'clock tonight saying i can't figure it out so there you go um, everybody <laughs> driving give a little horn honk on your way home for him. 
this, this is a, this is a big night for me. Um, for me and for me only. So thank you guys for your well wishes. I'm looking forward to this for the next five hours of me stumbling through the editing process. Absolutely. I, the Iowa state football staff, we send them, send our best. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I, I know Matt Campbell is saying that to me too, so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> he was, man. He was like, you're not getting on with Mason and Jacob tonight. Are you? I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, tell those guys I said, Hey, and I, I love them. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. That's what you said. <laughs> Newt. We did get him. I got him to quote tweet a tweet of mine and it was like one of the most exciting days of my no way. Yeah. Yeah. It was an Alan <laughs> Lazard. It was Aaron Rodgers talking about Alan Lazard. Um, and we tweeted the video out and then Campbell quoted it. It was like, this is what happens when you buy into the process. And I was like, did Matt Campbell just fucking retweet my tweet? Holy shit. And then all of my friends were like, Matt Campbell just retweeted your tweet. And I was like, let's go. I know. That's big time. I'm still trying to get him to follow me back. So you're, you got me beat. <laughs> Gosh. Well, Mouse, this has been great. Like I said, we're going to have to have you on at least sometime before next season starts. But um, one thing we do before we close out is we just give our listeners a solid roll clone. So, Mouse, appreciate you coming on, man, and roll clones. Hey, roll clones. Roll clones, baby. Love it.